We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. And remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am joined by my co-host, Andrew Mertig. Andrew, it's a Friday show, and we're super excited to be back to talk some divisional round football. How you doing? Ah, I'm so great, Kyle. It is playoff time, <laughs> right? Like, this is it. This is it. Three more wins, and we finally get our Super Bowl victory we've been craving for. But first up... The San Francisco 49ers, and we will be breaking that down ad nauseum today. But I think you have some news first, right? I do, sir, yes. And this is important stuff. And we usually leave major injury updates for the Saturday crew here on Pack-A-Day. But with this being a Saturday game this weekend, we'll get into some of those right here. And there's some good news and some bad news. Obviously, this picture is going to get a lot clearer, maybe even by the time you listen to this show. But as of right now, the bad news is that MVS is dealing with a back injury that looks like it's going to keep him out of this football game. That's It's a huge bummer. He's listed as doubtful. We're probably not going to see 83 out there. But uh, David Bakhtiari was a limited participant on Wednesday and then did not practice on Thursday. Now, normally this would be a it's not a good sign, right? And you would certainly like to see him out there practicing. Uh, but the Packers understand where Bakhtiari is with this and might just be managing the situation to make sure he's in the best place possible entering the football game. So he'll be listed as questionable. That'll be an interesting one to watch. Uh, but then some other better news, right? It sounds like Jair Alexander and Zadaria Smith will play in this game. Of course, Coach LaFleur noted that both Z and Whitney Merciless will have to be activated on Friday if they're going to play. So watch for that news like a hawk. Uh, but I'd be surprised if those guys and Jair as well uh, weren't out there for this football game at this point. And then Billy Turner will be your starting right tackle after logging full practices this week. So more help for this offensive line that has been so good and so consistent all season long. It's just amazing they're adding those pieces back in. And then, of course, maybe the best news, Randall Cobb 
is set to play Saturday night. So lots of good news in this. Obviously, the MVS injury is a big bummer, uh, but Friday is going to be a big day and probably gaining some clarity on these situations, especially guys like Zedaria Smith. Yeah, and a couple of injuries you didn't mention. The, it seems like the 49ers are going to have Nick Bosa and Fred Warner back yeah. uh, at relatively full strength. Bosa, of course, coming off the concussion. Warner wasn't even listed on the injury report, so apparently the ankle was not nearly as bad as was led to believe on Sunday. And, you know, MVS, that does seem to be the one pitfall of playing your starters at Detroit, right? Mm, yeah. Um, and so potentially losing out on that one deep threat that this team has, that that can be troublesome, right, mm. in, in creating some space and, and really keeping those safeties occupied, mm. occupied for San Francisco. Bakhtiari, you know, you just don't know what's going on there, obviously, um, conditioning is going to be a concern because it wasn't good against Detroit. He took himself out of the game and continuing to not practice. Uh, you, you can't think that the conditioning is getting a lot better. So we will see uh, how that goes. And, you know, real real optimism you're giving me here on Jair and Zedarius. And so <laughs> we'll, we'll hope to see them out there uh, with Whitney Merciless. And, you know, it's like, yeah, of course, we wish we had MVS. Of course, you wish you had Bakhtiari. But, this is a team that was doing really well without those guys, and you, you're definitely talking about some extra additions. Just Billy Turner alone would be significant. Of course, Randall Cobb, as you mentioned, that's huge. If they can get Z and Merciless or some combination of those two back, even in part-time roles, that is colossal. And, of course, Jair. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think Jair could be the wild card in all of this and really help to uh, create a dynamic duo with Eric Stokes, and then it frees up Rasul Douglas to kind of float around, maybe be that nickelback, maybe play dime, maybe push Jair inside. I don't know what they're going to do, but that's exciting. Yeah, so many things. I feel like there's layers upon layers of just watching this game that will be so fun because of what we don't know. We know the good players are going to be out there, and obviously that's going to help this football team. But as you said, this has been a great football team without these guys. Adding them in is going to be a lot of fun. And I think you can't gloss over the fact, you know, obviously you're right, MVS, huge bummer, but this team is super healthy, like across the board, and we're lucky to be in the situation we are with that health entering this playoff game. So exciting stuff. We're here. We're ready to dig in. Andrew, are you ready to kick off the rest of this episode? Let's do it. Let's do it. So we are back for what is a special playoff divisional round edition of our key matchups and X factors. As always, uh, we're going to take some time and dive into the Packers opponent, their roster, and talk about which matchups are going to be tipping points in the football game. And then, of course, we'll share our X factor prediction at the end of the show. We wouldn't want to leave you hanging without that, even here in the playoffs. Uh, But we are finally here, Andrew. It feels like we've been waiting weeks to get to this upcoming Hmm. game because we kind of have been, right? We've been waiting for this. Uh, we made it through Super Wild Card Weekend, which was mostly mediocre, not so much super. And we're ready for some good divisional matchups. And the one seed Green Bay Packers do get to host the six seed 49ers at Lambeau Field this Saturday night, tomorrow night. That's a 7:15 Central start. Uh, but whether you're freezing your butt off at Lambeau or setting uh, just there in your living room, in your sofa, watching the game. Andrew and I are here to make sure you're as prepared as possible 
for this football game. So uh, let's help people get ready to take in what we hope is just a wonderful victory for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, every few weeks I come up with something really weird for a key matchup in this game, <laughs> and uh, that's exactly what I'm going with this time. And, and that is Jimmy G versus Lambeau Field. Uh, which is, of course, a little bit out of the box. But Garoppolo has started 68 NFL games, right? Going back to the Patriots, the season he started there. Um, or not season, the games he started there. <laughs> um, as well as with San Francisco. None of them have been below freezing. None. Never. None. Uh, and nice. the coldest game he started in the NFL had a kickoff high temperature of 40 degrees. That was mm. in Baltimore in 2019. Um, so... You know, it is worth noting he did play high school and college football in the state of Illinois, so it does get cold there, right? But we're we're talking a little bit different. He he wasn't playing in the January February climates in Illinois. Uh, he was playing fall football. So um, now we know he's nursing not just a thumb injury, but also a shoulder. So this is a player who's already prone to mistakes. And he is going to be facing a raucous crowd with injuries that are tough enough to play with, even if you're in good conditions. If he gets that thumb hit at any point, he's going to be going through some excruciating pain. But the main thing for this defense is just getting him into situations where they know he has to throw, making him read the defense, right? No easy, quick throws and getting him off his spot in the pocket. That's when he tends to make mistakes. When he has to sit back, make reads, and you make him uncomfortable, uh, That that's bad Jimmy G. A good <laughs> Jimmy G, which we've seen a little bit of the last uh, two weeks, is when he's comfortable back there and he can, he can make his easy reads and float it over the defense. So I think those three really are the recipe for a trip to the NFC Championship game. And, you know, so I mentioned Lambeau Field, right? I want to mention the fans. I know there's going to be a decent cohort of 49ers fans based on the reports from resellers and how many they're selling in California. And we know we have a significant portion of Packer fans in California, but you got to make an assumption, right? There's going to be a little bit of a, a San Francisco crowd. That's fine. Lambeau is still going to be mostly Packers fans in a playoff atmosphere. It should be rocking, but... Kyle, having been to a whole heck of a lot of games, I always get a little nervous about a late Saturday game with plenty of time for drinks, most people having the next day off, and combining it with really cold weather. Fans mm. can hit a wall just like players do. Fans can be too drunk. And <laughs> every single play in this game is so important, right? Everything's going to be magnified. Win or lose, like all of this stuff is going to be played out so much more than every regular season game. So disrupting the 49ers offense is huge. A few delay a game and full starts can absolutely tilt this game. And those are fan-created mm -hmm. penalties. Not cheering when the offense is on the field is also huge. Uh, I just hope this crowd is really focused, locked in, and ready to not be able to talk the next day and bring home a victory for the Packers. 100%. And I really do think it's a big deal. I mean, you know that like when the players are talking about it and when the coaches are asking for it, it is a big deal, right? We know home field advantage is huge. But they know that that's a that's a difference maker in this mix. And we get to try our best as fans to do that and to create that atmosphere. By, by the way, I have to take my dog for like a 45 minute to an hour walk every day. He loves the cold. It is freezing. 
It is it, like I I can't imagine playing football in mm. in the attire that they are. I know these are are superhumans. They <laughs> they're they're in so much better shape than I could ever fathom. Um, and you know they're they're out there running around, and that's great. It's still cold. Not wearing. Like, it's still really cold. We're not wearing sleeves either, right? Like I was thinking yeah. about this earlier. Like I think it was, I think it hit like 14 degrees here in Michigan today, and I was like, ah, oh, this is like cold, but like, but I'm like, I got like a coat on, you know, like I got like the hat. Like these guys are going out there sleeveless and and doing doing battle. So I mean, it's not it's not a little deal. I really think that you know, warm weather teams make fun of like the Packers fans for claiming that the weather is such a big deal, but I just don't know how you don't think that it is. Like, I mean, it's a totally different environment than anyone plays in, um, and obviously a huge deal for a warm team coming in to to try to make those adjustments and step out there and not at least acknowledge, holy cow, like, this is nothing like we've ever played in before. So it's going to be big. Uh, fans, be loud. Do your job. And being with at a game with Andrew, there is nothing more satisfying than being so loud and then getting a delay of game penalty or a false start penalty, right? Because you know as a fan, like, we did that, right? Like, it's so fun to be a part of that and be a part of that madness. So get out there. Get be loud, Lambo. And shut the heck up when Aaron Rodgers has the football. All right? So let's move on. We got Devontae Adams versus the 49ers cornerbacks, okay? Um, I was going to try to single out a single matchup here with the cornerback, but this 49ers cornerback room is just too juicy to not want to talk about the whole thing. And while this looks like a matchup that's really advantageous to the Packers, I think it's worth noting that this is a group for the 49ers that's emerging and finding their groove at the right time. Emmanuel Mosley is this team's best cornerback, and he's had a really, really solid season. And I would imagine that Devontae will see a fair amount of him on Saturday night. Uh, K1 Williams will start Uh, I don't know if I'd say opposite of him. He's going to be on the field. He's a a better player, but he's mostly one of their slot guys. Uh, Ben Solak made mention on Twitter on Monday that this past weekend's game against the Cowboys was the first time since week 12 that the 49ers have had both Mosley and Williams available at the same time. They've dealt with some injuries. They've had COVID, uh, but I think Williams mostly mans that slot, and then they sprinkle in rookie Ambry Thomas, who they like, and they do their best to keep Josh Norman off the field as he's been one of the worst grading corners this season for PFF. But that said, I'm excited for this matchup of Adams and Mosley. We've seen Adams beat much better corners, right? And I expect a big game from 17 on Saturday night. But the ripple effects here are going to be huge as well, right? If the 49ers commit extra resources to stop Adams, they'll probably leave some opportunities for the Packers wide receivers, whether it's Lazard or Cobb, uh, to have some one-on-one matchups with Ambry Thomas. And that's a matchup that I think that Rodgers will test for sure. Uh, This 49ers secondary has been leaky all season. They have a lot of ton of production to opposing offenses, uh, number one target all year. And while this cornerback group I do think is an ascending one, I think they're kind of finding their groove, like I said, I feel like it's going to be a little bit too late when they meet Devontae Adams in this postseason, and I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. And I was so high on Ambry Thomas in the draft, like so much higher than everybody else. So I like to see him playing well. I, uh, you know, just wanted to point that out. And Ambry Thomas did pop up on the injury report today. I do think it's worth noting after I say that he's listed as questionable. I do think they expect him to play. But, man, I mentioned that trying to keep Josh Norman off the field is a high priority for this defense. And there's a chance uh, that you will either get a beat-up rookie corner or you may see a little bit of, of Norman sprinkling in there. So uh, one other like possible thing to keep an eye on. Absolutely. So my final key matchup is Devondre Campbell against Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell. And you said something, Kyle, this is full credit to you last week that has just absolutely stuck in my brain uh, since then. You chose Micah Parsons versus Debo Samuel as the key matchup in the 49ers Cowboys game. And that seemed weird at the time. I, I literally, though, I woke up in the middle of the night this week thinking about that. Yes, Parsons (laughs) sideline to sideline speed really helped slow down the running attack in the second half. But the thing that makes this Debo running back package work is the impossibility of matching personnel, right? The 49ers come out with three wide receiver personnel with use check and Kittle, right? So they're going to go, you know, Debo, two two other wide receivers, use check, Kittle, Now, Debo motions into the backfield, and suddenly they have 21 personnel, right? Mm. Two running backs, two wide receivers, and a tight end. And you are probably in nickel because you were anticipating 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers, which technically they do, but Debo Samuel so versatile he can play wide receiver. That's going to give them a huge advantage, right? You're you're in your nickel. They're in their Mm. base. They have essentially an extra big guy to what you have. Which would give them a huge advantage, especially when you factor in they have two elite blockers at their respective positions with Kittle and Juszczyk. That puts a ton of pressure on the defensive line to occupy blocks and then Devondre to make the play. And yes, he absolutely can do just that. It's just going to look different than Micah Parsons did blazing sideline to sideline and knifing mm-hmm. through, right? It's going to be a right. little bit more instinctual. It's going to be a little bit more heavy hitting. And Elijah Mitchell is no slouch himself. Campbell has so much responsibility. I'm hoping we can see a little bit more base to help him out. Mm-hmm. But in either case, the difference between a win and a loss could be how well the Packers all-pro linebacker fares on Saturday night. That's really interesting. I'm glad you broke that down, talking about the different personnel groupings that affect that and why that's a challenge. And especially facing this team, you're right, they they have some elite blockers that they mix in there. And that's going to be a really fun matchup to watch. Uh, I think a lot of fans are nervous about it, but it is fun when you think about the fact that the Packers had a lot of time leading up to this game to prepare. Uh, but they also have a defensive coordinator who comes from out west and is familiar with these teams. And I think that that is really valuable. And I think that's a storyline that's kind of trickled its way through this week. But I think it's one that if the Packers win and are successful in stopping 
the unstoppable Debo Samuel, we'll probably hear more about and get a little bit more credit to this defense uh, throughout the week that follows. But uh, George Kittle versus the Packers secondary is my next matchup here. And yeah, we are certainly going to be watching Debo and how this defense keys on him. The other player that obviously has me curious and a little bit confused right now is George Kittle. And we know that Kittle is a dominant tight end in the league, but the 49ers use him in some weird, weird ways and even stranger as of late. In his last four outings, these are his reception totals. Two, one, five, one. (laughs) The most yardage that he has in any of those four games was 29 yards against the Texans. But you're like, wait just a second, Kyle. I thought you said that he had five receptions in one of those games. Yeah, he had five receptions against the Rams a couple weeks ago for a total of 10 yards. The longest reception of the night was six yards for Kittle. So just so weird. And we know that Kittle's a super valuable player as a blocker, so maybe they're just using him more exclusively as a blocker. He's an unselfish player, so he's willing to do those things. But he's run 114 routes over the past four weeks. So it's not like he's not going out for passes. And obviously we had a Trey Lance game sprinkled in there a little bit, uh, but something seems weird here and we can't just go to sleep on Kittle because of the player that we know that he is, but it feels like something is up. It's not like the 49ers have been blowing out their opponents and didn't feel the need to score or use Kittle as a receiver. So my point here is that I'm going to be watching Kittle closely in this game because as Andrew has pointed out, we know that the 49ers offense runs through Debo and this running game. And if the Packers are able to slow and even limit that part of the offense, then San Francisco is going to have to look elsewhere for offense, especially if they're trailing in this game, which I think fans are really, really hoping for. So I'll be curious if they go to Kittle or if there's something else going on and a reason that they don't feel like they can feed him and rely on him as a as a receiver right now. Uh, so that's a, that's a watch for me. Watch Kittle, see how this defense handles it. Uh, but those are our key matchups this week. And I think we're really excited to dive in here and get into some X Factor predictions. Andrew, are you ready to go? I just wanted to say that that's fascinating. I mean, what, weird. what you just pointed out. Yeah. It, it's weird, but yeah, I mean, also super interesting. And some of that production that they've they've had to make up for the lack of Kittle's production has come from Juwan Jennings, who has yeah. been mentioned. It was a 2020 draft pick. Um, seemingly kind of came out of nowhere. He went to college at Tennessee. And so like, like all other Tennessee prospects, no one, no one got to see him much because, uh, the program is in shambles, but, uh, a lot of talent, right. And, and Jennings was one of those players who just really never had good quarterbacking in college. And, um, he has come on of late and kind of plays that Alan Lazard role for the Uh 49ers, right? Like a lot of third down, you need seven. He's going to get you six. He's going to run it out to the sticks. Not much separation, but make a contested catch. So that's a guy I think, you know, it, it'd be really fun if Jair was there and could take on Ayuk and you mm. could throw Stokes or Rasul Douglas at Jennings and really slow those guys down. But uh, we will see. So, yeah, if if the Packers don't have to put a lot of attention on Kittle, which which you're saying maybe is the case because something weird's going on there. Um, then they can really focus on those outside threats. So, uh, anyways, that <laughs> was way off off topic. Uh, and we're I'm supposed to be talking about X factors, and I'm gonna go uh, with my X factor of Mason Crosby. 
Obviously, he was gigantic in the last second victory over San Francisco earlier in the season. And at some point, he's going to have to make a huge kick in these playoffs. The 49ers defense is really good. And the Packers probably won't get seven every time they're in the red zone. So the field goal unit needs to tighten things up. And we need to get Money Mason back. I'm probably speaking out of my posterior on this one Kyle <laughs> but I'm also projecting a surprise onside kick in this game the Packers have had two to three weeks to cook up something special and uh, I'm gonna get really weird with this prediction so I think the Packers go for a surprise onsider and I think Mason uh, is money Mason because it's playoff time and I'm ready for him to come back Okay, so my brain is exploding because I, I understand the, the Mason Crosby thing, right? I mean, that's 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 fair. But you've selected two special teams X-Factors here, and you're predicting an onside kick with the unit that we've watched all year, which terrifies me. So I'm going to – it's going to take a little while for that to absorb. I do think you're not – I don't think you're totally crazy in that they probably have cooked up some fun stuff this week. Um, especially we know the Shanahan Lafleur connection. Lafleur is going to try to have some stuff that Shanahan hasn't seen before or doesn't see coming. But man, you did. You went pretty deep with that one, going with the onside kick. I like it. I just I had a premonition. I'm I'm definitely wrong. But was that just had to at, throw it up was that at the same time when you were up really late thinking about my? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it wasn't the same time. Okay, I, all right. I woke up in the middle of the night and I was thinking about Micah Parsons and Debo Samuel and how the 49ers basically get to run two different personnel sets with the same players. It's wild. It's it is. It is wild. You're right. Well, I'm glad I didn't keep you up more than I did and that you came up with some wild special teams predictions for us this week. Okay. Um here's mine, okay? There are so many different ways that I could go with this. And maybe I'm just too optimistic. I think Devondre Campbell could have a huge game that we'll be celebrating for a long time. Um, it feels like a perfect opportunity for someone like Rasul Douglas to take advantage of an errant throw for a big play. Um, I think guys who are hungry, like Zadarius and Jair, could show up in a big way just enough uh, to tip the game in the Packers' direction. And I think Kenny Clark has a chance to have somewhat of a career game here, right? Uh, being a wrecking presence against Daniel Brunskill and the center Alex Mack in the middle. And I think that could be absolutely game-changing there in the middle. So maybe I'm just too optimistic, but I think a lot of those guys show up on Saturday. But if I'm going to pick the one guy that I think is going to be an X-factor, I'm going to go with A.J. Dillon. And maybe it's redundant. We've picked him before. Um, and at this point, he's become such a special player for this team that maybe he's not maybe an X-Factor candidate. But when these teams played at the end of September, A.J. Dillon had six carries for 18 yards, right? He had two catches as well. But it feels like Dillon is going to be a much bigger part of the game plan this time around, especially in this cold weather that we've talked about. And so the 49ers, who kind of feel like they know this team from earlier in the year, aren't very familiar with A.J. Dillon. And I think that they're going to get a healthy introduction. And I think it's going to be really fun to watch. But those are our X factors for this playoff game. And it would not be right if we got into the playoffs and we were doing our show and Andrew didn't have a little special tribute to add to the end of the show for everyone. 
Yeah, if you haven't heard, uh, the last two seasons, because the Packers have been in the playoffs for two of the seasons of the Pack-A-Day podcast has been around, uh, before every playoff game, I, I do like to pay tribute to the opposing team, uh, tell fans a little bit about them, and, and kind of give some insight that I have um, onto the team and, and really what makes the San Francisco Niners, San Francisco 49ers such a special franchise. Is, but, is insight the right word that you're going to... You should use for yeah. this. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. That's what All I'm right. going with. I'm excited. Let's get going. So, Kyle, can we talk about George Kittle a little bit? I mean, you yeah. you talked about him a little bit before, but can we really talk about him? Let's talk about by, him. By looking at his hair, I'm guessing he smells like a raccoon fell in a trash can and couldn't get out for the whole month of July. Like his facial hair is the equivalent to a ninth grader whose parents are too in denial about their little boy to teach him how to shave. And he celebrates like he watched a lot of YouTube videos of Gronk, but he has zero charisma, so he can't quite pull it off. He's a great tight end, but misses six games every single season because he plays like an idiot, which I'm absolutely positive a bunch of people who want the game played like it used to be absolutely love, while they can no longer see the color green because of all the head trauma. (laughs) But I'm not done, Kyle. Oh, no. How about Nick Bosa? I'm super glad he's good at football because if you've ever heard either of the Bosa brothers talk, they weren't about to get into college on their ACT scores. I mean, I'm just saying Nick Bosa's favorite book is probably Curious George. He's not the kind of human who can afford to lose any brain cells. But sure enough, he's going to try to play this week after suffering some serious head trauma. Uh, And speaking of head trauma, can Kyle Shanahan not find a hat that has an appropriately sized logo? I mean, like. What is that? It's like someone was editing the logo and accidentally scaled it down 50% before they sent it to print. And can we quit pretending this guy isn't everything that is wrong with the NFL? We want to talk about inequities in coaching, but people can't stop singing the praises of Captain Nepotism over here. Like, good thing Daddy Fake Teeth employed his cheap shot taken general manager in Denver, or old Kyle would be working at 7-Eleven. Between him and Jimmy Garoppolo standing on the sideline, the 49ers are like every terrible frat party I have ever been to. I'm, I'm just saying, make sure to keep your Gatorade bottles in your sight at all times with those two roaming the sidelines. And then George Kittle's probably sitting in the back crushing cans against his forehead. Uh, you know, but the 49ers, they built a new stadium a few years ago and moved into a nice part of town. So people forget that their fans used to try to murder the opposing team's fans in the parking lot of their old one. It's a dumpster organization, which is led by a guy in John Lynch, who is half the player and half the man that Leroy Butler is in, a.k.a. get Leroy into the Hall of Fame. So screw them. And I can't wait for their frostburn butts to go back to California with their tails between their legs. That's the 49ers, Kyle. Daddy fake teeth? (laughs) (laughs) Took me a while to figure that one. Oh my goodness, I'm so... Tell me that you came up with that in the middle of the night. <laughs> no, no, that oh. that took that took a little bit of time. That's uh, but <laughs> but anyways, we'll, we'll let Kyle compose himself, and oh uh, we we always finish the show with talking about what's the path to victory for each team. Um, obviously, two really really strong teams. Uh, you know, it, no, the Packers shouldn't be afraid of the 49ers. I I am at. And at very adamant about that. And I, I think, you know, Green Bay is as good as any team in the league. I think they should be the favorite in every game from here on out. That being said, 
lots of things happen in any NFL game, right? If the Jets can win games and the Texans can win games, uh, you know, and the Lions can win games, anybody can win games. And this is a quality opponent. But for me, the 49ers, it's all about chunk plays. You get Debo, you get the run game, you get Kittle, you get those big plays, and things get kind of scary for the Packers. I think if the Packers can limit those, they're going to be in really, really good shape. Miscommunications on the O-line and not getting the ball out quick, which, you know, any third third and longs are going to be trouble for Green Bay, uh, especially, you know, given the uncertainty at left tackle right now. Um, but for the Packers, I, I think there's just way more routes to a victory in this game. Establishing the run, that's a big one. I know this 49ers de- run defense is fantastic, but still, this is a really good Packers front for run blocking, and they have, obviously, two great running backs. Get the ball to Devontae, period. Uh, play action passing and, and getting it down the field. If they don't have MVS, obviously that hurts a little bit, but you still have some very quality weapons in Lazard and Cobb. Um, and just stop the run. I, I, I think, you know, the, there's a lot more ways the Packers can can come out on top on Saturday. But, um, yeah, what are what are your thoughts, Kyle? I think I have successfully composed myself, but uh, I, 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 I agree. <laughs> I think the Packers' biggest path to success is starting fast and forcing the 49ers to open up the playbook a little bit and throw the ball. Um, obviously there are other paths to winning this game for the 49ers, but if that happens, I think the Packers pass rush is ready to get after it. And I think that this game could be a really fun one for Packers fans to watch. But if the Packers offense sputters or settles for field goals early, then I think we're in for a little bit more of a nail biter, right? And Andrew talked about Debo and the run game. And if the 49ers are able to control the clock, uh, this game gets a lot more difficult to run away with, right? Still winnable, but not as easily to control. And I don't think anybody wants that. And I was thinking as you were talking about this, I do wonder, you know, you, you have to establish the run. I do wonder if early they want to get up, they want to get some points on the board. I wonder if they'll actually try to use the pass to establish the run a little bit, make the 49ers pay attention to that and move some safeties back a little bit, which will allow, you know, for a little bit more room in the running game because it is such a stout front. But it'll be interesting to see how it all comes together. But I do think both of those things are important, establishing the run at some point and finding some points early. Well, and also, I mean, it, it's tough because the 49ers have such athletic linebackers and, and you you have a really hard time running, you know, the quick screen game, right? Because those linebackers are going to flow out there. But guess what? When you do that, your defensive linemen have to hustle out there, too. And I know the 49ers have a great rotation of defensive linemen, but it's going to be really cold. That affects your lung capacity. That That makes everything a little bit harder. And so I think if they can... Like you said, establish the drives however you need to. If it's the quick passing game, if it's throwing the ball a bunch, but wear that defense out. Get them uncomfortable. Get them discouraged. And mm. I, I think that's going to give you a really good opportunity to then counter and punish them with A.J. Dillon, mm-hmm. uh, catch them off guard with Aaron Jones, and, and really, like, you know, not only get a lead, uh, which, you know, hopefully the first quarter woes are behind them, but uh, sustain that lead. And, mm-hmm. and I think that. Yeah. That's going to be, uh, you know, really important. But we have talked about this matchup as much as we can, and it is time to get ready for the game. Make sure to tune in tomorrow uh, for the game day preview. And uh, unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for today. 
This has been the Packer Day Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit, and you can find me at Andrew Murdig. We'd really love if you'd subscribe to the podcast on uh, whatever your favorite podcasting platform is and consider giving us a five-star review. You can catch Kyle and myself every single Friday, and next week we'll be back to preview the Packers' NFC Championship opponent. You like That's that right. confidence? Yep. Thanks for listening. <laughs> and more than ever, remember... Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.